Welcome to New Covenant Church. You're listening to this week's message with teaching pastor Daryl Feemster. Father, you are our hope. You are our peace. You're our joy. You're our dance. Lord, we join with the angels around the throne saying, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, and who is to come. We give you praise and honor and glory. Receive our worship. Receive our praise. Lord, receive our trust. You are good all the time. And all the time, you are good. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Give the Lord a clap offering, would you? Wow. Good worship, huh? Open up the windows. That's right. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Habakkuk. If you get to Psalms, take a right. If you get to Zechariah, take a left. Habakkuk. I looked up how you pronounce that in Hebrew. And it's Habakkuk. Literally, it's Habakkuk. How'd you like to be mom? Come meet my son, Habakkuk. Uh, Habakkuk. Do you know he's never mentioned again in Scripture? Nobody knows. There's not anything else written about him. And yet he has one of the one of the truths that God has said is a permanent truth. It's very interesting. You know, we're living in in a day of uncertainty. Perhaps different from ever before because the threat that's coming upon us now is not a nation or an army, but an ideology. You know, in Matthew 24, 7, you don't have to turn there. It speaks, Jesus talked about in the end days there'd be wars and rumors of wars. And he said, nation would rise up against nation. But that word nation in the Greek is ethnos. We get our word ethnic or race from. You see, now there's people groups that have no nations, no boundaries. It's a confusing time for governments because uh, they are an ideology that's coming against every system. You've heard of the cancel culture. They're trying to cancel out history. They're trying to cancel out systems and things. Uh, It's just a very difficult time to know what do you do and what do you say and how do you live and what's, what's next. And I believe Habakkuk speaks real loud. I think it's an Old Testament book that's very contemporary. And Habakkuk was a prophet of God that sought God during a time of global uncertainty, economic recession, and social instability. An enemy was on the horizon, Babylon, and it looked like God was indifferent or at least inactive. And Habakkuk, his name means to embrace, and like I told you last week, not the hug kind, but the wrestling kind, to get a grip. 
And Habakkuk's not only trying to wrestle with the circumstances of his days, but he's trying to get a grip on God. God, these things are going on. Your nature is this way. What's going on? I sense that in my own spirit. God, these things are going on, and these are the things I know that the Scripture teaches, and I know that's who you are and what you're like. How do we get a grip on this thing? And uh, it looked like God was inactive, but He was right in the middle of it. He said He was allowing an enemy to come in as a correction for His own people. In fact, an enemy that was more wicked or appeared to be more wicked than the people of the land. And Habakkuk doesn't get it. And so he climbs up in his watchtower. That's chapter 2 if you're in Habakkuk, chapter 2. He climbs up in his watchtower and he says, I'm going to see... What God says. I'm going to see what God says. And in Habakkuk 2, we're going to begin reading in verse 2 and see what God says. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Habakkuk is expecting to see what God's about to say, and God says, before he sees anything, write it down. Write it down. But he didn't just say write it down, he said to write it down on tablets. Now, you've got to understand, tablets were stone. Carve it in stone. Make a monument with this inscription. And three things he says here in this, the first two verses, that, that that revelation that God's about to give was to be plain. It was to be public. It was to be written in stone that somebody who's coming through sees it can run with that truth and it must be permanent. In other words, it's not going to pass away. It's got to be plain, it's got to be public, and it's going to be permanent. What he was about to see wasn't just for his time, but it was for all time. The revelation wasn't just for Habakkuk, or even for the Hebrews, or even for the Babylonians. It was for all people for all time. Why? Because what God was about to reveal is true in every generation until the end of all things. That's what it meant for appointed time. At the end it will speak and it will not lie. It is so certain that it can be written down in stone. It can be written down permanently. And though it tarries, though it looks like it isn't going to happen, wait for it. Because it will certainly come and it will be right on time. I think he's got Habakkuk's attention. Well, what's the revelation? The Revelation is verse 4. And we've read it so many times, we're so familiar with it that we really don't spend the time to understand how, it is, how important it is and how, a permanent, how much of a permanent message it is. This one verse, Behold the proud, look at verse 4, Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. And I can hear somebody say, Oh, that one. Oh, that one. The just shall live by faith. Oh, I know that. No, you don't. Because to know that, you've got to know what the first part of that is. Look at it. 
It's a verse that we can stand firm in and know that though it tarry, it will surely come to pass. Both sides of it. It's a word for our day. New Living Translation says it this way. Look at the proud. They trust in themselves and their lives are crooked. But the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. The Message Translation says, Look at that man, bloated by self-importance, full of himself but soul empty. But the person in right standing before God through loyal and steady believing is fully alive, really alive. Okay, preacher, what's the revelation? Two points this morning. Aren't you glad I have a point? Number one, the proud fail. The righteous live. You say, well, yeah, we know that, really. The proud fail. Pride goes before the fall. The proud fail. The proud. We're going to look at first point. The proud fail. They fall. The word proud here is translated from a Hebrew word. Only two times it's used in the Old Testament, and this is one of those times. It is the Hebrew Hebrew word afel. Afel. It is. It's not just about puffed up. It's to be heedless. In other words, they don't listen. They presume. They swell up within themselves. In other words, it's to be full of yourself. Have you ever known those people who know it all and they don't listen to anything anybody says? Don't look at me. Don't hit your husband. The proud. Awful. Awful. The only other time it's used is when they wanted to go into the promised land, but they refused to go because of the spies. And then after God told them not to go in, they presumed to go in. We'll take it on our own. We'll go take it. We'll do it this time. And they didn't. And they couldn't. The proud fail. They fall. They look like they're on top of things. They look like they have it made. They look like they have the best of the best. But that's not how it's going to end. Who are the proud? There's this Babylonian spirit, the Tower of Babel. And Babylonian spirit is it's this spirit of pride that we will build it, we will conquer, we will not be denied. It's found throughout the Bible and throughout mankind and it's running rampant in our day. And everything else from verse 5 through verse 20 is showing you how it's going to fail. And it speaks in the language of woes. I'm not going to take the time, and you'll be glad I didn't take the time to go through all of these woes, but I want to sum them up. I put them on the screen so that you'll know what they are. It's woe to the proud, verses 4 and 5. Woe to the greedy, verses 6 through 8. Woe to the dishonest. Woe to the violent. Woe to the sensual. Woe to the idolater. And the verses are listed there. And that's the whole... And, and he, he says, this is the woe. And then he it presents kind of like a taunt of how it's going to end up. The proud trust in themselves. They feel their own self-importance and demand life to fit them. They want it all. They will do anything to get it. They're greedy. They're dishonest. They're violent. They want it their way. The sensual 
are searching for fulfillment through experience, mainly fleshly experience. Homosexual, heterosexual, and any perversion of it. Anything that I can experience. I live for the experience. It's all about me and what I want. The idolater will, make, will, will trust anything but God. Anyone but God. They'll even make it with their own hands. That's what it's talking about. They, they make something out of their, the tree and then they bow down to it. Well, we make much out of nothing and bow down to it all the time. We don't think we can live without it. Proud, proud, sensual, idolater. And the verdict is, they will fall. They will fail. And through reading this and studying this, God just, He just blew me away with a revelation that I had never seen. And it's going to be on your screen. God put within evil the seed of its own destruction. God put in evil the seed of its own destruction. Have you ever noticed that evil is live, spelled backwards? The seed of pride, you could say it this way, the wage of sin is... If you eat of the tree of the new knowledge of good, if you eat of that, you will surely... Within the seed of what we think is going to fix us is the, seed of it, uh, is the fruit of its own destruction. Within pride, within that self-centeredness, that egotism that can't hear anything anybody says including God, within that is the seed of its own destruction. You will reap what you... Within what you are sowing is the seed of its own destruction. The false victories will not last. It won't work forever, no matter how good it looks. It won't last and they will become victims of the very things they boast of. They will end in defeat, in death, and destruction. And Habakkuk 2.20 kind of sums it all up. But the Lord is in His holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before Him. The Lord is on His throne. And then it says this, let all the earth be silent. That word for silence is hush. Parents, have you ever had that time when they have nagged? Those little ones have nagged and begged and nagged and begged and nagged and begged and finally you turn around and say, hush. Nobody knows what that is? Hush. There's going to come a day when man has done his best and his worst and, it's, and God from his throne is going to say, and all the earth will be in silence before him.
That's the God we serve. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter what people are saying. Doesn't matter what governments and nations and whatever. Listen, they can say what they want to say, but there's going to be a final word and it's going to be hush. The proud will fail. Babylon, that's coming against Habakkuk, sees what God is saying. Habakkuk, Babylon's coming and I'm going to use them, but they will not last. They will fail. They will be judged. But the just will live. Babylon or the deceived believer, everything apart from God will fall miserably and fail miserably. Jesus said, without me you can do nothing. I love what Bobby Connor says. Nothing is uh, zero with all the air pulled out. There's nothing. There's nothing. And see, that's the part I'm telling you. We don't believe that. We believe that surely there'll be something. And anything I can find that will give me life other than Jesus Christ will disappoint me. It will distract me and defeat me. But the righteous will live. Verse 4, the last part of it. But the just shall live by his faith. The word just there or righteous is sadiq. Sadiq. It means to be justified or vindicated by God. It's the one that God approves of or the one that God accepts. This person shall live by his faith. Emuna. Emuna. It means to believe, to be confident in, to trust in, but it also means to be steadfast and reliable and certain. The New Living Translation translates its faithfulness. They'll live by their faithfulness. The New King James says they'll live by his faith. Well, is it faith or faithful? Yes. Faith is the confident assurance in who you trust. Faithfulness is acting according to that assurance. You can't have faithfulness without faith. And if you have faith, it it can't be real faith without faithfulness. There's a big deal going on right now about a lot of people uh, uh, giving up the faith, rejecting the faith. And I want to tell you something. If it's real faith, faith in the assurance of God, it can't give up. All it can be is Maybe they had the right information. Maybe they had the right explanations, but they didn't have the revelation of trusting Him. Because when you trust God, He comes to take up residence in you to make sure that what He's promised you comes to pass. We sang it a while ago. Not only does faith make 
Christ come to be in you, but literally faith, God circumferences you. There is a realm in which you live that not only has Christ in you, but there is a realm that you live in that is filled with Christ. That's why when you can walk in a room, you can change the atmosphere of the room you walk in. Not because you are somebody, but because who you believe is somebody in you. And faith is not just for a day. Well, I had faith yesterday. But today, I don't know. Now, faith will lead to faithful. I'm not saying perfect. I'm not. Listen, I've found out that there's measures of faith. There's cycles of faith. Sometimes it'll be great faith. Sometimes you don't think you have a faith at all. But you see, here's the thing. When you trusted Christ, He took full responsibility to get you where He's promised to take you. Sure wished you believed it as much as I did. It's not just believing right, it's living right. If I know and I trust God, I will trust Him and stand firm, steadfast, relying upon Him no matter how things appear, including what I think or what I expected. God is right no matter how wrong it may look. God is true no matter what others say. God will keep His promises and purposes no matter what it looks like now. Habakkuk was seeing a a people in in idolatry and an enemy coming. And it looked like God wasn't doing anything. And God was right in the middle of everything. And what God said to him is, Habakkuk, write it down. Put it in stone. You want to live through this? Trust me. Trust me. Don't trust what people are saying. Don't don't trust what everybody else said. Don't trust what you thought. Trust me. God will keep His promises. He's a covenant-keeping God. Verse, this verse, verse 4, is quoted three times in the New Testament. Romans 1.17, Hebrews 10.38, and Galatians 3.11. Romans 1.17, Paul uses this verse to emphasize righteous or just. His concern in Romans was that, that how do you get right with God? Righteousness, the righteousness of God is by faith. In other words, you receive it. You receive Him. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. It was about believing. It, was about, it wasn't about keep, keeping or living up to it. It was about trusting. Having confidence and assurance in. Hebrews, it's all about faith. Twenty times the word faith is used in the book of Hebrews. In verse 38, the, the writer is using it to, to uh, emphasize faith and faithful. In other words, if you started out in faith, then if you draw back, my soul will have no pleasure in you. It doesn't say that you're lost. It just says you won't live in the pleasure of God if you keep drawing that back, if you keep dropping back. 
If you keep quitting, if you keep quitting, you're not... Now, here's the thing. You just quit for a season because God's going to bring you back. Galatians 3 emphasizes on living. In other words, what started out in faith is going to finish in faith. The way you walk it out is by your faith. You started out by faith, you're going to continue to the finish by the same faith. Three times. You remember what I said? He is to write it plain, and it was to be public, and it was to be permanent. This same verse used not only in the Old Testament, but all through the New. It's the way we can live today. You can live by faith. And live here, it's not just about surviving, but it's about living in abundance. It's about living life in the now, in the full. It's not about going to heaven when I die. It's about living the life God purposed here and now that will last forever. Someone said, don't live by explanations, but by God's promises. Isn't it amazing how you can explain away everything? Why God wouldn't do that, and why God hadn't done that, and why God will... Why don't you just trust God and say, God, I don't have a clue, but I trust you. God's promises and covenants are more real, more true than any circumstance. Circumstances will change, but His promises and covenant will not. Well, how do we live through these days? We look beyond the circumstances to the reality. The proud will fall but those who trust in the faithful trust in trusting faithfulness walk with God will live let me illustrate this through the scripture itself through habakkuk's time habakkuk was a contemporary of jeremiah jeremiah had prophesied that the people were going to go into bondage for 70 years and it was that that habakkuk was seeing coming It was the Babylonians, the Chaldeans that were coming. And Nebuchadnezzar, you remember that name, Nebuchadnezzar? One of them hard names to pronounce. He was king of the Babylonians who conquered Israel. And let me tell you, the Babylonians tried to cancel Israel's culture. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel. Daniel wouldn't eat the food. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego wouldn't bow down to the image. Why? Because they had a faith. And God was with them in the fire, the fourth man, and delivered them from the fiery furnace, and God was with Daniel. The whole point I'm trying to say is, right in the middle of Nebuchadnezzar's reign and in their captivity, there was two kinds of people. There was a people who thought they were captors. They were running the show and they were canceling out all the other cultures. They were the big culture. They were the world power. And Nebuchadnezzar was the head of it. At the same time that's going in, there was another person that looked like they were captives, but they were alive in faith. Remember the pride falls, righteous live. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream that he couldn't interpret. Daniel chapter 4, he had a dream he couldn't interpret. 
And so Daniel came, and Daniel interprets his dream and basically tells uh, Nebuchadnezzar that uh, the Lord's warning him that he's going about to take his kingdom from him. And Daniel advised him to break with his sin and do what was right before God, and perhaps God would spare him. He interpreted his dream. One year later, Nebuchadnezzar was walking on the balcony of his palace, and I want to read it to you. It's going to be on the screen. Daniel 4, chapter 4, verse 30 through 35. And here's Nebuchadnezzar walking on his balcony of his palace, and he says this, As he looked out across the city, he said, Look at this great city of Babylon. By my own mighty power, I have built this beautiful city as my royal residence to display my majestic splendor. What would you call that? Pride. Look at verse 31. While these words were still in his mouth, a voice called down from heaven, O King Nebuchadnezzar, this message is for you. You are no longer ruler of this kingdom. You will be driven from human society. You will live in the fields with wild animals. You will eat grass like a cow. Seven periods of time will pass while you live this way until you learn that the Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone He chooses. That same hour, the judgment was fulfilled and Nebuchadnezzar was driven from human society. He ate grass like a cow and was drenched with dew from heaven. He lived this way until his hair was as long as eagle's feathers and his nails were like bird's claws. Verse 34. After this time had passed, I, Nebuchadnezzar, now he's talking, I looked up to heaven. My sanity returned and I praised and worshipped the Most High and honored the One who lives forever. His rule is everlasting and His kingdom is eternal. All the people of the earth are nothing compared to Him. He does as He pleases among the angels of heaven and among the peoples of the earth. No one can stop Him or say to Him, What do you mean by doing these things? I think somebody got woke. He thought he was somebody. He had conquered, and you ought to see a map of what he had conquered, all of the Middle East. He was the man of the man of the man. Did you know Saddam Hussein was trying to restore Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom? Uh, there was another ending to another man, right? Here's what I want to tell you. God knows how to put them in. God knows how to take them out. And I want you to see this in Nebuchadnezzar. And I've not looked at it because I always just thought of how he brought Nebuchadnezzar down. He warned him with a dream. But you see, remember the word Heedless. But God didn't bring him down to destroy him. He brought him down to give him a revelation of redemption. A revelation of who God was. And we have a record of Nebuchadnezzar who thought he was somebody realizing who God was. My prayer for you today, my prayer for me today, above anything else that we would get a revelation of really who God is who He really is. Not who we've heard Him out, not who we thought, not what we expected, but who He is in reality.
Because that's what you've got to choose. You're not choosing the right information. You're not choosing an explanation. You're not choosing a prescription for heaven someday. You're choosing for a way to live. I'm going to either live in my pride, in my arrogance, and in my ego, and it will fail. Or I'm going to live in faith in Jesus Christ and for what He's done for me. And I know it will not only conquer, but it will end up right. Take it from a king who got woke. Look at the message translation of verse 35. His sovereign rule lasts and lasts. His kingdom never declines or falls. Life on this earth doesn't add up to much, but God's heavenly army keeps everything going. No one can interrupt His work. No one can call His rule into question. It really doesn't matter what's on the news today. It doesn't matter what people are saying will happen and what people are saying should happen. What really matters is what God's letting happen. And we better turn our face to one, the one who really is in control. Who really is. There's going to come a day, and He may even say it to us, that He says, Hush. It's going to be this way. What matters this morning is not what you and I think. It's not even what I've preached. What matters this morning is what God says. And He said, write it down. It's permanent. Pride will fall. But the just shall live by His faith that's faithful. Where are you going to stand? In your pride? Or in the new covenant promises of Jesus Christ? Today Habakkuk gives us three assurances. The grace of God, Habakkuk 2.4, the just shall live by faith. God's going to spare and bless a people who trust Him. There was a fourth man in the fire with the Hebrew children. They didn't get spared the fire. They just got delivered. Daniel didn't get spared the lion's den. He just got delivered. Is it okay with you if you just get delivered? There's the grace of God. Hebrews 2.14 says, The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. God will have the final word and all will see it and it will be glorious. God will have the final word and all the world will see it. Nebuchadnezzar woke up and saw it. I pray that America wakes up and sees it. The government of God. Verse 20, God's in charge. He's on His throne. And when He says hush, everything else is going to be still. The essential and eternal government is on His shoulders. Remember Isaiah, Jesus on His shoulders the government. And all things will happen just like He said. And I guess my heart this morning is, Lord, don't me, let me be deceived by my own pride to not stand in my faith. I want to know You. I don't want to know You how I've always known You. I want to know You as You are. Write it down. Let it be plain. Let it be public. Let it be permanent. The just shall live 
by faith. Would you bow with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we bless you and thank you. We turn to you. We thank you that you don't give up on us. We thank you that what you started, you'll finish. And Lord, when it looks like you're taking everything away from us, it's to give us everything you've got. When it looks like things aren't working out the way I planned, but it's because you have a purpose and a plan I may not see yet. Here's the thing, God. I want to know you, and I want to trust you. Lord, we're living in a day of uncertainty, but you're not uncertain. And so if you're not uncertain, I don't have to be uncertain. You're right. You're king of a kingdom that will not fall. And I can stand on that rock that will never be shaken. I trust you. I trust you. Let your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand together with me? Amanda's going to lead us. We have a ministry team. That'll be available if anyone needs prayer. Most of all, where are you going to stand? you going to stand with everybody that says this is the way to walk or are you going to stand with what God says? We trust you. You see, we practice daily what we really believe. All the rest is just religious talk. You want to see what you believe? Watch how you live. Faith and faithful go together. As Amanda sings, we invite you to respond. And then Pastor Chris will have closing announcements. for you before we dismiss. Um, as most of you are aware, we have uh, Phil Joel, who's going to be leading a community-wide youth event. There's these flyers out uh, in the foyer on the on the table out there. If you'd like to pick up one of those and have some more information, it's for 6th grade through 12th grade, Saturday night.
uh, from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. And uh, then he's going to join us for both services, our 9 a.m. and 10.30 services next Sunday and share his testimony and, and worship with us. So if you want to see him and you're an adult, come to church next Sunday and you invite others to join us for that as well. Uh, we will be having middle school and high school youth tonight at the NCC West Building and Spark and Life Groups this week. Just to get to give you a reminder and a little more clarification on the changes that we've got uh, in our children's ministry and with the new building, uh, the early uh, childhood hallway, this hallway right here, uh, is our birth through kindergarten now on Sunday mornings. It will eventually in two weeks be the same age as on Spark Night, but um, for uh, this coming Wednesday, uh, the kindergarten and pre-K will still be in the NCC West Building and uh, birth through four will will be in this hallway, uh, but the following week we'll make those adjustments where kindergarten and pre-K will join uh, the early childhood wing and first through fifth grade will be over there. And uh, Spark will be sending notes home with all the kids on this Wednesday night. So uh, here in a moment when we pick up these two sections of chairs, that will be the last time uh, we need to do that because the following Sunday, that following Wednesday, uh, we won't need to do that. Yes, praise the Lord. Um, let's see. Okay. One of the, one of our, um, just our core, uh, things that we, we believe here at New Covenant is that in our desire, our mission is that everyone would know, hear, and respond to Jesus Christ. And we believe that God has called everyone into ministry, whether it be in the four walls of the church or in your home, uh, with your children or in your workplace or multiples of all those things put together. But God has called us all to do something in His kingdom. And, uh, as we are stepping in to this new building and the new ministries, we have every week for the past I don't know how many weeks we've been running over 90 kids at Spark on Wednesday nights. That's a lot of kids. Um, yeah, and, and praise the Lord for all those kids. But we could also use some more help. <laughs> so, uh, and men, don't shut off. Don't, don't think, oh, this is kids, so I'm out. I'm free. No, <laughs> God can call men to these kids. And we've got some fantastic men that are already involved in these areas of ministry. But I believe God's calling more to that area. And I just want... Uh, Again, our heart is that everyone will respond in the area that God's calling them to. It may not be here. And if that is the case, great. Go where he's calling you. But we know he's calling others to join us here and in these children's ministries as well. So be in prayer about that. If you're new to our body, I just want that that link right there. That's on our web page, that bottom section that says Get Connected. Uh, if you click on that link, it'll take you to a page, and there's four different uh, lessons or, or videos that Pastor Daryl put together. Uh, the first one is about us. So if you're new to NCC and want to learn more about us, click on that and watch it. You'll learn all about our history and what we believe uh, the next lesson is called Get Connected, and it talks about how you can get connected to the body, how you can join if you want to be part of our body. Uh, the third one is Discover Your Design, and there's a spiritual gifting test that's part of that that will help you know how God has gifted you and might point you to some of the areas uh, in, in ministry or even in the community that God might be have gifted you to serve in. And then the last one is called One Team, and we just believe that regardless of whether God calls you to serve out in the community, in your work, place in your home or in our body that we're all part of the same team and it doesn't matter if you're part of new covenant or grace or first baptist or first united methodist church or whatever church we're all part of the body of christ and we're all on the same team so again we just want you to serve and be where god calls you to be if you've got one more second i've got one more uh, thing that i think will give you more hope do you have a minute for more hope (laughs) 
so, so the Lord, um, over the, it's probably been over a year now, um, he's started to give me some visions. Um, and I won't go into, into that at this point, but I've, I've shared them with the elders and with just a few other select people. Um, but he gave one uh, 11 days ago. It was April 7th. And this morning I felt with, with the songs and the worship and what God's doing and with the, the children's building being finished. And, and he gave me this vision um, 11 days ago on April 7th. And I really felt like he was leading me to share this one with, with the body this morning. And I don't know. It doesn't matter what age you are. You may be a grandparent and you may be feeling like there's no reason to hope for your children and your grandchildren you may be a parent and looking at the world around us and, and your children and just being in worry and fear and allowing those other things and those other circumstances to take over and to doubt, to not have your faith, to not have your hope in the Lord. Or you may be a child in this room right now and hearing enough scary things that you don't understand. And I remember being a child thinking I wasn't going to grow up. I wasn't going to get married. I wasn't going to have kids because Jesus was going to come back before. Well, guess what, kids? I grew up. I've had children, I got married, and, and God's still at work. And this word, I believe, speaks to all of us and what God is at work doing right now. So I saw a battle scene. It was uh, like just a, a war, you know, battle zone. Uh, people were fighting, and there were a bunch of children, and they were going into the battle. But they weren't carrying weapons, they were carrying lamps. And they won the battle with the light. They carried in the light. And John 8, uh, verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And I believe God is doing a work in our youth, in our children, in, in this city, in our nation, throughout the world. And he is calling the children to carry his light. He's calling you to carry his light. He's calling all of us to. And no one, we're not training them up for the future. We're training them up for the t- today to go into their school right now. They can pray for their friends. They can give a prophetic word to someone in their, to, to someone in their circle or to one of their teachers. They can pray for someone and see healing. There's not an age limit where that starts. And they're called. God is raising them up to carry that light. And they're going to overcome because the light and the word of our testimony is going to overcome because that's what God said. And He's going to do it. He is faithful. So there is a reason for all of us to have hope. Will you pray with me as we close? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are not done. That every word that you have said is yes and amen, and it is not going to come back void. Lord, you are raising up a generation, not just in Lampasas, not just in the United States, but throughout our world, who is going to carry the light of Jesus Christ into this world, and no darkness and no enemy can overcome it. Lord, every word that you have spoken in your word is going to become, uh, is going to be fulfilled. And we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor, Lord. And we pray, our heart's desire is that everyone, not just in this body, but the whole body of Christ, will know, hear, and respond to Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, open our ears to hear, open our hearts to receive, open our eyes to see that we will follow you wherever you lead us, Lord, because you are faithful. 
You are faithful, and we give you all praise, glory, and honor. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Have a great week. And if you have a moment, you can help us uh, pick up those chairs. If you have children to pick up, uh, please pick them up first. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's message. 